Due to a shitload of swearing and some graphic conversations, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the first episode of the Steve Review. I'm your host, Steve Reeve, and uh, this show, since we are just getting into it, is kind of going to be all about uh, just just you know quick form. Uh, we're going to try to make things short and sweet. All the notes I made for this show are on a sticky pad, uh, and I'm going to try and aim to do that. Maybe I'll take a photo of each of the sticky pads. That sounds fun. But basically, what I want to do is highlight some things uh, that there are to do here in Fort McMurray uh, every every episode, as well as you know maybe have a rant or, or a little piece of positivity coming your way as well. Something from the life of Steve Reeve, such as it is. Um, to let you know, I'm recording right now in uh, my apartment, uh, waiting for my girlfriend to get home from work. She works over at Nerdvana, uh, Ashcake. My cat here as well. My cat is hanging out, Baron. Um, but uh, it, it's basically an opportunity to do something a little bit different on the YMM podcast feed. Uh, do some a little bit uh, shorter than we usually do. Uh, and uh, I love the Seinfeld cast that we've been doing lately, um, where we kind of talk about everything and nothing all at once. And uh, maybe we're solving all the world's problems. Maybe we're not doing a damn thing. And I kind of fucking like it that way. So what's happening with the TV show? You come up with anything? No, nothing. Why don't they have salsa on the table? What do you need salsa for? Salsa is now the number one condiment in America. Do you know why? Because people like to say salsa. <laughs> Excuse me, do you have any salsa? We need more salsa. Where's the salsa? No salsa. You know, it must be impossible for a Spanish person to order salsa and not get salsa. <laughs> I wanted salsa, not salsa! <laughs> so do you know the difference between salsa and salsa? <laughs> you have the salsa after the salsa. <laughs> This should be the show. This is the show. What? This. Just talk. Yeah, right. I'm really serious. I think that's a good idea. Just talking? Well, what's the show about? It's about nothing. No story? No, forget the story. You gotta have a story. Who says you gotta have a story? Uh, but the Steve review is just all Steve all the time, so I can stroke my ego so that it can get larger and just completely envelop all of Fort McMurray. No, that's actually not the case. Uh, in fact, I want to get into a little bit of uh, elitism later on. First, I want to talk about a few things going on in my life. A uh, big thing that has gone down recently is I have wrapped up with the, the, the whole crew, not just myself, by a long shot, on uh, World's Finest. World's Finest is a follow-up to Arkham Rising. Arkham Rising is a hyperphotonic media film uh, that came out years ago that won some awards and uh, got a lot of play around the world, got a lot of love on YouTube. Uh, we're talking uh, over a quarter of a million total views, uh, and... A lot of people said, where's the rest of it? It was designed as a deleted scene. It goes into The Dark Knight Rises, and it's to answer the question that many people were asking, what happens to the Joker in the Christopher Nolan universe? Ah, 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 of course, real world talk, Heath Ledger died. It was a point of respect from Christopher Nolan not to include reference to him in The Dark Knight Rises as he closed out his, his epic trilogy. But I figured that's respectable, but also crap. And I wasn't alone, and uh, I'm making it sound like I'm the guy who had the inception for the idea. But it, long story short, you should go and watch. It is this deleted scene that answers that question, or does it? 
but people did want more. So we thought uh, we would kind of do this piggyback thing, uh, this leapfrog thing, rather, where we make a fan film type uh, thing and we use some really incredibly... Uh, awesome and famous characters that everybody can relate to and, and knows already. But then we'd also, in the meantime, make uh, a, an original type of film. And uh, that was something that Tito had been working on for a long time called Cover, uh, an idea that uh, finally got fruition. And uh, that name is uh, it got a double meaning. It's about a book, about an evil book. So it makes sense about Cover, but it's also kind of like a, a song cover. It's an homage to classic horror films, particularly the, the Sam Raimi camp, uh, Evil Dead and the like. So definitely check those two out. Uh, ArkhamRising.com, cover-thefilm.com, I think are the websites for those. But the next one in line took a long time to make because it's a very different animal than those two films, and it's called World's Finest. Now, this idea came from the uh, announcement that Zack Snyder was directing the Man of Steel movie, and that that was going to be moving into a larger DC animated universe. And uh, we wanted that universe to connect with the Christopher Nolan trilogy. Christopher Nolan said, no, no, it's mine. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. Or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing here. But uh, we said that also was crap, and that we were going to put uh, a a Batman from that universe into uh, the Man of Steel universe. And that's at least how it started. What we then decided was that we would just set it in the Man of Steel universe and create our own Batman character. It is finished filming. We're in post-production now. We're in that waiting game. And I can't wait. Because once we finally solidified ideas, that was before last year at San Diego Comic-Con in 2014 when it was announced that there was going to be a Batman versus Superman film. I want you to remember, Clark, in all the years to come, in all your most private moments, I want you to remember my hand at your throat. I want you to remember the one man who beat you. Since then, we've gotten that amazing uh, current trailer from this year's Comic-Con. Black and blue. Versus man. Day versus night. The red capes are coming. The red capes are coming. And uh, meanwhile, the clock has been ticking, and we've been kind of worried about putting this world's finest movie out. You know, if we put it out too close to the movie, uh, people are going to think it's directly inspired by, people are going to think that it is, uh, you know, trying to sort of one-up or, or do better or, or something like that. And really, truly, no, that's not that's not it at all. It is its own kind of thing, uh, but it's very closely related. One thing that gives it away is the logo, the, the, the symbols. What we're using is the Superman symbol from Man of Steel. Uh, which is to indicate the origins of that character, that he does come from this uh, Zack Snyder universe, and he's sort of the updated uh, hero, the updated Man of Steel, the up- updated Superman, uh, and uh, our own Batman. So I was in the creative uh, process of this in, in, in design and development, and uh, what I did is I designed a completely unique and new bat symbol. Taking a lot of inspiration, of course, from a lot of the symbols that have been created by amazing artists in the past, uh, you'll notice in the actual big budget legendary picture, they're going with a a kind of a chunky 
bat symbol. I don't think Batman himself is chunky. People calling him Fat Man. I, I think he just looks beefy. He looks bulky. And that's kind of how uh, the the logo looks as well. And that's kind of directly from the Frank Miller style of The Dark Knight Returns, which is a great graphic novel and a great two-parter animated series from DC Animated. You should definitely watch that if you have not, because there's a lot of similarity in that between this and, and, uh, and, and Batman versus Superman. But I digress. Uh, I took a lot of looks at all the different design elements from the bat symbols, and I noticed that there weren't any yet that had a, a down-sloping flat edge on the wing. And so I kind of incorporated that, made it made it sharp, uh, gave it some hooks, and uh, we, we made that into the, the logo itself. So putting the Man of Steel Superman crest on top of that to kind of make it its own flavor. And because uh, that was the thing that happened uh, when the movie was first announced is they gave us a logo that had a new bat symbol over top of the existing Superman symbol. So we're like, yeah, okay, we got to do that, too, in our own way. Um, and then also design that into an actual piece that went on top of our bat suit in the in the show. Uh, Brody Drensidavisius playing uh, Bruce Wayne Batman in that did a fantastic job. Looks amazing in the suit. The suit is just Oh, I can't wait to share it. We've been, of course, showing some clips of what that looks like uh, as we go through the Arkham Rising uh, Facebook page and everything. But World's Finest, it is on the way. Post-production going on right now. Uh, I can't wait to announce that. Boy, I'm talking way too long about uh, that one particular thing. Give me, a, give me a break. It's my first episode. Jeez. Another big thing that's happening is uh, a new project. This is a brainchild of Tito's again. Uh, very um, post-apocalyptic type of story maybe to do with the big Z word, in works right now. We're, 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 we're looking at the script. We're doing read-throughs. Uh, myself, uh, as well as uh, Dylan Thomas Boucher and Ash Cake Squiggle. So more of that coming your way. Um, drunk boss fights. I could talk for days about this. I'm so excited. We're filming episodes right now. To give you the rundown, this is going to be released as a series, a, a web series of about six episodes for season one competition-based reality show, uh, but people hate competition-based reality shows. It's not exactly that. Think fusion of My Drunk Kitchen slash Drunk History with Hot Pepper Gaming. Uh, that's the best way that I can describe it, because we, we did take a lot of cues uh, from the visual style of Hot Pepper Gaming, but what we're doing is fighting bosses in video games while drunk. Uh, so doing it safely, of course, we've got blood alcohol content charts, we've got a breathalyzer, we're not making sure, or we are making sure that people aren't going over the limit, and there's no danger of alcohol poisoning or anything like that, but we're getting fun with it, and uh, people are given a, an hour time limit to fight their ba battle, they choose their own challenge, say if it's a Zelda boss, that would only take you five minutes, but doing the temple leading up to the Zelda boss, that you could do in an hour, and that would be difficult to do in, in uh, an hour while drunk. But you get retries, too. So, I mean, if you're in an RPG, you fail the boss battle, you get to try it again. Probably have to take a drink as a penalty, but the time limit is what gives you a fail. If you go through the entire hour, you can't best your opponent, well, then you've got to roll your die, a six-sided die, for any of six humiliations, such as having to eat a ton of dry Melba Toast bread while giving your sign-off. Uh, maybe you lose your sign-off, but you get a second chance at, at defeating the boss. You get an extra ten minutes on the clock. Or maybe you have to uh, sign off with a speech jammer app in your ear so that you can't speak properly and you're already drunk. Another one, my favorite, I think, is to have to call a family member, call a relative on speakerphone and tell them what happened instead of your, your sign-off. There's a, a gimme in the six-sided die roll where if you get a six, you get a slice of pizza, but you get a whole pizza if you win your battle, plus a point for your team. The teams being the YMM Podcast, 
the uh, big banner over top of this here show, as well as our dear friends over at the Fort McMurray Gaming Association, Gamers Association. Uh, and uh, we've gotten a couple of episodes. Myself, as well as president of the FMGA, have gone on. Ashcake Squiggles on. We're filming Tito very soon. Can't tell you the results, but by the end of each season, we will have a tally of uh, what points are going towards which team. We might have a tiebreaker system. Uh, we're, we're so excited about this. Uh, so get ready. Quick episodes, about five, six, seven minutes long, uh, that uh, gives you the very best of those drunken moments in that hour, coming to the YMM Podcast YouTube page as soon as we are done filming them. I, I'm so excited. That's in addition to Nerdvana shorts. A bunch of these are already made. Uh, we just want to complete them so that we can release them on a schedule. You know, instead of wondering when the next one's coming out, it's next week, it's next week, it's next week. So we're very excited about that. Uh, the uh, fifth year of the Fort McMurray International Film Festival is going down. So excited about this. September long. So 4th through the 6th of September, we're at Keanu Theater, our home. Uh, and we love being in the recital theater for the big main event. We're going to have the award ceremony on the final night. We're going to have special talk from, uh, from a director who's worked right here in town and made a film this summer. And a lot more coming. So I, I don't want to give all the details away, but YMMIFF.com has all the details for you. Submissions are now closed and we are going through a metric fuck ton of videos from all over the world. Some of them are weird. Some of them are amazing. Some of them are heart-wrenching. Some of them are hilarious. It's going to be super tough with the selection committee that we've employed. Uh, I shouldn't say employed. We've asked to help us out on a volunteer basis. <laughs> Not employed at all, uh, but employed in the sense that we're putting them to work and we're so thankful for it. They're, they've got a tough job ahead as well as the organizers of uh, of the film festival. we got to cut down hours, hours and hours and hours, over a hundred of hours of submissions into uh, an, a weekend where we got three nights at about three hours each. So, plus awards. We'll have to figure all that out later. But that's what's so exciting about it. If you were worried if that your heard submissions are closed now, you're like, I can't, I can't get into this. What? There is a way. There is a way. There's a 48-hour Film Fest challenge the weekend before. We're going to be doing it shotgun style, where we give everybody the exact same uh, elements that have to be in their film to prove it was done on the honor system. And then the, every, every team has uh, 48 hours to complete their film entirely and submit it. And we're going to be showing those as well. It's going to be great. So that is what's coming up in my world. Uh, what's coming up in Fort McMurray's world is we've got more urban markets coming. This is right across the street from the place I uh, call work, um, down on Franklin Ave uh, in the Jubilee Plaza, Jubilee Square, where there's all kinds of amazing craft stuff coming your way, like cr craft stuff in the form of food, craft stuff in the form of collectibles. Um, there's great frozen free-range meats and stuff there. There's uh, delicious coffee. There's live entertainment. And uh, it's all just right downtown every second Wednesday through the summer. So we got uh, more coming up. Uh, they are, I think there's one more in July and then two more in August. Uh, three more and that's it. I could even have that wrong. Maybe only two more and that's it. We're getting way too close to the end of summer. But definitely find yourself at that on a Wednesday. They uh, start off at about 11, goes until 6 in the evening each time. So, you know, it's a little extended past the working day so that you can get there in case you are a nine to fiver. There's also a lot to do in town with hilarity, with funniness right now. I highly recommend you check out uh, this other podcast from here in Fort McMurray, Bonus Time Podcast, uh, with my man Matt Salem. You've heard him on the YMM Podcast several times. Uh, and uh, he... Just chatted with one of the two founders of Thunderstruck Improv. Uh, that would be Zachary Barrett. The other being Dave Boutillier. Boutillier. 
Boutelier. I'm so sorry that I'm butchering your name, but Dave is an awesome man. So is Zach. Listen to that episode uh, with Zach Barrett talking about improv and talking about Thunderstruck improv. Now that's a lot of applesauce. Applesauce. Oh, that was so funny. Which one of you guys wrote all those funny jokes? No, Todd. Here at Shenanigags, we make things up on the spot. Let's try it. Give me a suggestion. Uh, I don't know. Suggestions? <laughs> oh, suggestions. Way to break the fourth wall. That wasn't that funny. My name's Brian, and you haven't won me over yet. Oh, Brian. Todd, in improv, we get suggestions from an audience, then we make up scenes based on them. There's just a few simple rules. You don't ask questions, you don't say no, no matter what. And when someone makes a suggestion, you always try to build on it. We call that yes and. Yes and? <laughs> if you mess up, that's okay. It's all part of the fun. Is it really that simple? Ugh. It's incredibly complicated and requires years of training. Oh, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but improv isn't just about a constant clamoring for attention and validation. It's about community. I've always wanted to be part of a community. Well, you are now. Your first class is $200. I thought you said it was free. Oh, that was just me doing an improv. I got to perform with these guys at their first performance at Tavern on Main. They've since changed locations. They're going to be performing uh, this weekend, tomorrow, after you hear this podcast. So Sunday, uh, 26th of July. There we go. Sunday, 26th of July up at uh, Patty's. There's going to be another edition. I'm not going to be on the roster for Thunderstruck Improv for this one. Hopefully, I'll be in the mix again because I had such a blast performing for people. But definitely check it out. Uh, And it's part of the Wrath of Shaw comedy show. So... First of all, Thunderstruck Improv, they meet every Tuesday, free practices, absolutely free, it's awesome, anybody can attend and you don't have to participate either, uh, which is great in case you're feeling a little nervous about it, you want to try something new, always encourage you to do that, but this way, you can kind of be a spectator, you can be on the sidelines, uh, and uh, that is at the Bob Lamb Center at, on Keanu property, on Keanu campus, uh, every Tuesday evening uh, from about 7 till 10 this has actually really uplifted my life again lately because I used to I used to do improv in high school a little bit. It wasn't even that much, but uh, you know I got to know some uh, some troops. I loved it. I loved it so much. I got into it late in school, just like I got into drama late. Um, a quick sidebar story on my high school career in the world of drama is that I was in Edmonton for grades nine and ten. Uh, and then moved to back to Fort McMurray for grades 11 and 12. So I didn't even touch drama until grade 11 because I just wasn't in touch with it at my school in, in Edmonton. Did a lot of moving around. The grades are different too. So in Edmonton, you would graduate from grade 9 and you go into grade 10. Whereas here in Fort McMurray, uh, and I was here for it too, is grade 8 is when you graduate. Then you go into sort of a junior high style in grade 9, and then you go into high school for 10, 11, and 12. But Graduated in grade eight here at Dr. Clark, then moved to Edmonton, went to Allendale School for that year because, of course, nobody had graduated yet. So I had my grade nine grad, had my grade 10 farewell uh, in Edmonton, moved another school. Like, so I'm the new guy at every single place, it feels like. Uh, Went to Strathcona, uh, a.k.a. Scona. CHS uh, in Edmonton. Love that school. Great high school. Um, Did a lot of music study there, but not the drama. So then I moved back to uh, Fort McMurray with my family for grades 10, uh, sorry, grades 11 and 12. And that's when I took grade 10 drama in my first semester. I loved it so much, but the school did not offer a 20 level or grade uh, 11 level uh, drama course in the second semester of that year. So I had to cut a deal with the school and with, uh, with the uh, drama instructor, uh, Pam Shields. 
where I was sort of a TA, but too young to be a TA. You know, I didn't actually have any certification whatsoever, but I was kind of the assistant in the class as the uh, next semester of grade 10 students was there. So I was the only grade 11 student in that grade 10 class, uh, went through all kinds of drama-ness in that year, uh, was in a, a play called Mirror Game uh, through King Street Theater, which is at uh, at uh, Fort Mac Comp. And as well, next year was talked into uh, being in To Kill a Mockingbird as well as the bad guy. Got to be the good guy in the first one, got to be the bad guy in the second one, was t- so much fun uh, and learned so much in that time. But improv kind of got in there in that grade 12 year and only a little bit. And then it kind of fell out of my life, uh, aside from doing it kind of on the sidelines through creating some other stuff. You know, there's always a little bit of element of uh, improv when it comes to doing podcasts and, and being on the radio and, and making short films and stuff. There's an element of improvisation, of course. However, it was when Thunderstruck improv started back up again that I really found like a resurgence in some uh, creativity and and electricity in my life. And I got to thank the guys behind that and everybody that's joined up too, everybody that's come out for practices, um, you know, save for maybe one or two. Uh, but that's personal beef. And uh, what I really recommend is if you want to try something new, you want to feel a little bit of that electricity for yourself, come and check it out. Find them online at uh, Thunderstruck Improv. I think it's TS Improv on Twitter, but they're, they're definitely on Facebook. And they end off every single set with thanks for coming you've been it's just awesome and as that ties into the wrath of shaw comedy show wrath of shaw comedy show my goodness Um, that is uh, every second sunday at some venue in town for the summer as it is created by awesome dude Prince Edward Islander, a biggest little province in the Dominion, Justin Shaw. And he came to town. Uh, I, I mean, I, as I understand it, he's been here kind of sporadically uh, in his life. But for this summer, he came to town with a mission where he's like, there's not enough comedy in town and I need more. I got to agree. I've uh, gone to as many comedy shows in town as I can when I can. I've uh, been the host for a couple at Bailey's Pub, which was a, an amazing experience. So Wrath of Shaw, definitely get involved. Uh, that guy... Uh, Justin Shaw, who's heading it up. He does his own uh, brand of uh, comedy as well, his own stand-up during the show. Uh, Thunderstruck Improv will do sets with all kinds of uh, audience suggestions. As well, I've seen uh, Neil Fyander from Newfoundland there, a funny, funny guy. He's he's crazy crude, and I love him for it. Uh, definitely check that out if you have the chance. As well, there's something that happened in town last year that's coming back again right now. You're going to be hear, hearing whispers about Stand Up for Mental Health, which is a great, um, great initiative that sees people being taught how to do stand-up as a way to, I don't want to use the word combat, but a way to cope with, I guess, mental illness and uh, particularly depression. I mean, there there's a, kind of an underlying thing where, where you take a look at stand-up comedians and you realize that a lot of them are some of the most challenged people in the world, most depressionally challenged, most... Uh, um, I'm not even trying to be PC in the way that I describe it, but just there's an entire spectrum of mental disorders and a lot of the times uh, stand-up comedians are in that realm. And uh, and it's and it becomes as a bit of a coping mechanism, uh, a bit of a survival uh, device. And this is specifically targeted for people who might be going through life with, uh, say, Asperger's syndrome or or um, or autism or depression or, uh, or or a bipolar or or a, or a borderline disorder or any one of those diagnoses uh, and a way to kind of champion it as well as talk about it because there's a stigma against it. Nobody likes to talk about it. It's 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 kind of a bummer, 
really. But uh, bummer or not, it happens. People, uh, people die. People kill themselves. People alienate themselves from family and friends. People suffer because society, in my opinion, does not have a good enough handle on understanding mental illness because you can't see it. You can see somebody sick with a cold and you can be like, here's a remedy for you. But do you have a remedy for somebody who's suffering through debilitating clinical depression? Not so much. Sure, there's prescription pills. But, uh, I mean, that works in certain cases and doesn't in others. And I think there are people that are underprescribed. I think there are people that are overprescribed. I think there are people that are wrongly diagnosed. So there, there's this myriad, there's a minefield out there. But what I see when I see something like stand up for mental health is I see people breaking that stigma, people understanding that to say, why don't you just feel better? Why don't you just take care of yourself, uh, pick up the slack, Grab yourself by your bootstraps, whatever the saying is, and uh, just, you know, don't let it bug you so much. But you physically can't. Can you just tell a cold, leave me alone right now? I don't really feel like being sick. Can you tell a stomach flu? I like that sandwich that I ate. Please don't throw it up for me. No, you can't. Exactly. And and a lot of uh, mental health issues are very much the same, but we might be able to understand them better as a society if we talk about them more. And what's the best way to talk about something? Make jokes about it. Make it funny. Make people laugh. So I got to give it up to them. Uh, Keep your ears out for that. I believe they're going to be letting people sign up for the process that you go through as well as there's going to be an event that you can go and see where you uh, watch these people kind of graduate and and do a stand-up routine. Some of them for the first time in their lives. Uh, Neil Fyander, who I just talked about with Rat of Shaw Comedy Show, he's been involved in that too. It's great. I can't say enough good things about it. So find out more. Um, And uh, you're going to make it after all. I don't know, I had that written on my notepad here. Um, so I, I had to sing it, Mary Tyler Moore Show. Um, I don't know why I wrote that there. Maybe that was something unrelated. But I'm reading everything that I've got on my little sticky pad. Um, so, yeah, i got to say, uh, in, in the same vein that Thunderstruck Improv has kind of helped me in recent days rediscover things, reconnect with, uh, with my own creativity, um, that sounds so artsy fartsy but it's the truth another thing that happened uh, is i went to san diego comic-con again uh for the third year and this was the most inspiring of all the years i mean first year uh, sensory overload second year was a lot of collectibles and things and and kind of meeting some of the, the artists and, and creators uh and then third year was panel city where i got to take in so much and so much inspiration i actually was a guest on that bonus time podcast with matt salem recently uh so we get into a little bit more in that episode about the inspiring panel so i highly recommend you go listen to that but I swear, my anxiety levels have just been better since refocusing after coming back and being inspired by these people, which is a a big part to do with why there's extra episode series now with the YMM podcast. I mean, there was always the main show, and uh, as well, there's been a bunch of, like, I think half dozen uh, ladies' room podcasts, which is great for us, by us, ladies' style. And then there's also side quests with uh, Tito and Ashley, which actually started off as a way to use the Free Friday that uh, Tito and Ashley had shared before Nerdvana opened. They both worked at the same company and both found themselves with Fridays off. So they would be able to record every Friday and just became an easy thing. But the schedules have changed. Now that's kind of being reworked so they can find a new time to record that podcast together. So side quests, uh, as well as three new ones. So there's this one, the Steve review. Uh, so I can stroke my ego. Like I said, there's the uh, press play commentary cast where we're going to be doing commentaries on TV shows, movies, you know, whatever, uh, I was thinking video games, and then I'm like, you can't really press play on a video game and, and follow along. You have to, you know, kind of act things out the exact same way. And what's the fun in that? Go play your game the way you want to play it. Um, and then the other one being 
to the table, which you might have heard an episode out of already. That is all about tabletop gaming, the nerdiest of the nerdy. And uh, <laughs> we got a like Dungeons & Dragons Pathfinder campaign for the first couple of episodes, but pretty much anything goes for that. So in part, in a big part, San Diego Comic-Con and the panels that we saw there uh, were, uh, and the experiences that were taken in, was a huge influence on uh, restarting some creativity and getting some new flow going. And uh, I think it's very important to start somewhere, uh, which gets me into the main part of the podcast today. My rant for the day is that you can get into creativity as well as consumption of other people's creativity however the fuck you want to. And that is so important to me. Uh, Forget about elitism. Forget about doing it for the sake of recognition. Forget about the Nazi ideals when it comes to creation. I'm talking about you want to read a book? You pick up a book and you read it. You're not sure what that book should be? Talk to some people. Get a suggestion. If you don't like it, who cares? Read the next one. You probably will. Same goes for comic books. I was recently told uh, as an analogy for filmmaking that uh, if you wanted to get into comics, you wouldn't start with Archie. Well, bitch, I got a whole bunch of old Archies from my childhood uh, that I still enjoy to this day. They've just rebooted the character on the, uh, the monthly, and I totally am into that because it's like different than what I've seen before. Archie is a perfectly fucking good place to start reading comics, and I can't stress that enough. So make sure if you are getting into something, it doesn't have to be comic books, doesn't have to be books, could be movies, video games, TV shows, musical albums, uh, plays, whatever the outlet, uh, art on the wall, art in sculpture, anything like that. Get into it however you want to because there actually is no wrong way. There might be the uh, scholarly route where you get formal education in your fine art, and there's zero wrong with that. It's important. I've got fine art education under my belt as well, so I'm not scoffing it. I don't really have much in the way of certification. Never even really picked up my uh, radio broadcasting degree because I know I have it, and that's all that matters to me, uh, but the piece of paper isn't that important. And and that's how I feel about certification in general. A lot of people will disagree with me. They say certification is important. It sets you apart from the amateurist, the hobbyist, and makes you into a professional. But I got to say, you're a professional when you are living off your work and you are acting professionally. It doesn't really matter about your certification because you can earn your own certification through your achievements. And uh, as long as you are striving to be better than ever then you're always going to be at your best. Like, that's the part that boggles my mind, is people think that you have to start in a certain way, you have to take a certain path, and I think it's total bullshit. I think that's what that comes from, my personal opinion, Uh, and not just in the industry that I work in, but just in what I've observed in the realm of artist uh, artistic creation, is that people want you to pay the same dues that they did. They really do. And it's total crap. So let's not act that way anymore. I realize, yeah, I worked hard too. I, if I was in a position of hiring or mentoring, would probably want somebody to go through something similar uh, because I would feel jealous if they didn't, if they got things handed to them easily. But things in life just aren't fair. There's nepotism. There's who you know. There's what you know. It all messes and melds together. So once again, there's no wrong way to get involved in creating or consuming other people's creations. Just do it. Do it! Just do it! Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it! Make your dreams come true! Just do it! Some people dream of success while you're gonna wake up and work hard at it. Nothing is impossible! 
You should get to the point where anyone else would quit, and you're not gonna stop there. No, what are you waiting for? Do it! Just do it! Yes, you can! Just do it! If you're tired of starting over, stop giving up. Just fucking do it. Uh, it th- the only difference I can see between the two is collaboration. That is the beauty of creation is that you get to work with other people on it. Uh, even just bouncing ideas off of people, showing them some work and getting a reaction. I mean, don't necessarily be that guy that's like, look, see this, this vlog I made? You want to watch it? And I'll, I'll watch you watching it and it'll be too, totally awkward and I won't get a valid reading on your reaction because you're too busy playing up your reaction because you know I'm watching. Yeah, no, let's not do that. But I mean, definitely get a sense for how people are reacting to whatever you're creating. That's the beauty of it. And you get to work with other people too and, and bring their ideas to the table. And sometimes they'll swat your ideas out of the out of the air like King Kong on the top of the Empire State Building. And sometimes you'll do it to them. And uh, as long as everybody understands that leave the vindictiveness at home and think about the product and the creation and, uh, and, the, and the process more than anything else. And you'll get by those moments where your feelings are a little bit hurt because that's going to pass and you're still going to create something awesome. So I, I'm, I'm just going off on all kinds of uh, a tangent here. But what I want to do is tell you to just do it. Use the groups, the events that are already available to you in your community. I'm guessing you're probably in Fort McMurray if you're listening. But if you're not, it, it, things are everywhere. Um, make your own experiences as well, though. Here's the thing is that um, a lot of people say there's nothing to do in Fort McMurray. That's totally not true. Uh, in fact, I'm working on a jingle for this here show that's going to go something like, there's nothing to do in Fort McMurray. There's nothing to do in Fort McMurray. There's nothing to do in Fort McMurray because you're so fucking wrong. There is actually a lot to do. I don't know. I'm working on it. Work in progress. But hopefully I can get that made for the next episode or two. Um, But it's not the case. It's total bullshit. There is stuff to do in Fort McMurray. But you know what? These groups, these events, they are available. They're in huge supply. I don't have enough time in my schedule to get to everything that I want to do in Fort McMurray. But at the same time, if there's something that you want to do and you're not seeing it being done out there, then fucking do it anyways. Just make your experiences. And and this relates mostly to filmmaking. Uh, as one of the founders of the Fort McMurray Filmmaking Association, one thing I've seen a lot of is a lot of people with ideas coming to myself or coming to another one of the founders, uh, one of the event organizers, and saying, okay, let's work on this together. And uh, for me, I go, oh, I would love to. I don't exactly have the time for all these requests. Uh, and I don't care how egotistical that sounds. It straight up has happened where I've gotten too many requests. I don't have time to accommodate them all. I try to give advice and be available and be open for anybody asking questions. Uh, not that I have a huge amount of technical knowledge, but I do have a lot of knowledge on how to collaborate and how to make films as a team. Um, and, uh, I say, go do it anyway. Go find some other people that are curious and creating, uh, and, 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 and play jazz, make mistakes, fuck up get your feet muddy, do it because you're going to enjoy it. Uh, there was a little video that was posted recently, uh, on our, uh, YMM FMA group on Facebook, which I highly recommend you go and check out if you're a filmmaker, um, where, uh, and I believe Tito posted it as well as one of the membership, uh, Sean McLennan, uh, who's an amazing director and filmmaker here in town. Uh, and it was all about the trials and tribulations and the negativity that occurs while trying to put a film together, but why we still chase that dragon anyways, that non-drug reference dragon, um, because we love it and because you get to work with people. You get to create something cool. And at the end of the day, you get to go, I made that. 
mistakes or not. Like I made that, I put that out in the world and it's the story that I want to tell. It's not necessarily the story I want to hear or that I think people are going to want to hear. It's the story that I know and the story that that my soul needs to get out. And it's just an amazing process. And that goes for all creativity. So I can't stress enough. I don't care who tells you that there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things because that's fucking wrong. That is the wrong way to do things. That is the wrong mentality to have. I agree. You should strive for better and better and improve the quality and push your boundaries and try new things and improve the overall quality of what you do because practice is the only way to get to Carnegie Hall. I agree. But if all you have available is a cell phone camera and you still have a story to tell or you want to practice your acting chops, you just want to make some improvisational jokes and cut that together into a reel, do it and don't tell, uh, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Straight up, we are all in this together. Some have access to better equipment, some have more money, but everybody wants to just create and let their soul bear just a little bit, even if you don't think you do. It's in there. It's in there a little bit. And with that, I got to wrap things up because I'm already over time. Promised myself I wouldn't have any episodes over 30 minutes. We're already at like 35. So thanks again for listening to me rant and ramble. Uh, and I'll bring you more Steve review coming with uh, info on what's going down in Fort McMurray that you can sink your teeth into as well as what's going on in my life and what's either pissing me off or making me super happy. Thanks for listening. Uh, more Steve review on the YMM podcast coming uh, hopefully next week. 